It's the Tiltcast, episode 542, The Crash of Us. And this week, guys, we talked Diablo 4, The Last of Us on PC, and Cyberpunk 2077 on 4090, along with some news. Stay tuned. Upgrade your potatoes, guys. Uh, yeah. And we're back for yet an episode, another episode of the Tiltcast. Woohoo! It is not April Fool's, it is April 2nd, it's an inverted show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. And with the two of us, you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games, some news. Um, Been a busy weekend for me and Jason. Been busy literally every day this weekend. One thing or another. We had, what, Trent's, you know, 600th birthday yesterday. Right. Um, but, yeah, we uh, it's, been, it's just been a busy week, man. Like, it has I, been. I feel like life has been just a, a perpetually kicking us in the nuts. Um, it's another restless week. We've been, he's been kicking the nuts as well. Um, we are here though, and we've got new things to talk about. Um, anything new happened with you recently, Jason? I mean, not, uh, not a whole lot, uh, um, uh, game specific wise. We, uh, uh, kids sports went into full effect this week, so... That meant every night this week there was something. Uh, part of the reason I'm so tired. Um, and then uh, uh, got got lucky on a new on new video cards, so now I'm like oogling at all the goodies with the 3080. That's a pretty big step up. You know that. Well, I mean, that 2080 did do too bad. It's just um, ray tracing on the 30 series is a definite improvement over the 20 series. Otherwise, like at 1080p, the the biggest improvement's really the video memory. Um, but like. It just depends on. It just depends on. Um, um, it really depends on what game you're running. So, like for uh, um, Cyberpunk, it's like a forty frame per second upgrade. Yeah, and you still mostly game at 1080 right now, right? Yep. Are you any plans on plugging that into the TV to see how it works there? Yeah, I just haven't had a had a chance. But that's the other really good upgrade about is um, having um, the uh, upgraded HDMI outputs on it and having a two display port means I can um, freely run uh, um, 4K out to the TV without messing with my other displays. 
Well, and if you want it, like a like I've been telling everybody with the thirty eighty, like you can play some things in four eight or in four K and some things in fourteen forty, depending on what game it is. Um, but some of them, the card you got in particular has two HDMI two point one ports coming out of it. So if you want to run it to a TV, it'll support up to one hundred and forty four hertz at four K. That just not every game is going to run at one hundred forty four hertz at four K on that card. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, when the majority of my gaming is done at 1080p, that's, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. No, I think 3080, um, been satisfied with that card for a very long time. In fact, I realized I'd had it for almost three years. And uh, this last week, though I've had very little time to play with it, um, I actually got a 4090. Um, so I got a gigabyte arrow. I think I was talking about it on the show last week that I was thinking about it. And then I do the thing when I'm looking for something in particular on Newegg where I have it email me when something happens. Um, and one became available. So I snagged that card up and didn't get in the machine till about, well, I had this whole saga with the UPS driver where said they're going to deliver it at noon. And so in between meetings, I'm like looking at my my ring doorbell to see if my, you know, anything's been delivered. I'm sitting there refreshing the UPS site on my phone, hoping because I had a really meeting filled day that day that something would happen where I'd have a spot to go to the door if I needed to sign for the package. And UPS just continued to change their time frame. And eventually they just removed the map of where the driver was. It looked like he was a mile away from me for like six hours. It's like, what the hell is this guy doing? Um, but at about almost 840 Thursday night, I got my package and I had almost given up because it went past the last time it had updated to was 830 and I was like, 830 is too late to deliver a package. Nope. 840, about 840 delivered the damn package. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, at least now I got it, but I knew that Friday um, we had our game night yesterday. We had Trent's birthday today. I had my dad's 65th birthday and I was taking a bunch of pictures for him. Um, so like it was a really busy weekend and now we're podcasting, right? So like I've, I've had maybe two hours with it so far, uh, maybe a little bit longer, but I can tell you that it, I have seen a pretty substantial improvement with what I can throw at it. Um. It barely fits in a Lee and Lee case. So I've got a Lee and Lee Evo, which is a pretty big fishbowl of a case. And I've got very little clearance between the side panel and the card itself. Um, it comes with a huge mounting bracket that mounts to your motherboard. It's like an L bracket that has a thumb screw. You put it on another mount on the card, on the front of the card where you can attach a thumb screw to that L bracket to hold it in place. And it does need a bracket. It's a very big card. Um, they comes with a really ugly 600 watt adapter for the card. It's got three plugins that narrow down, narrows down to one plug-in. So you plug in three cords to your PSU that plugs into this three, eight pin adapter to 12 pin adapter that has very little room to bend. And so that's a lot of connections to have a failure point or a short or whatever. So I bought on Best Buy, um, I found an aftermarket uh, 600 watt 12 volt rail that runs the two eight pin 
VGA or VGA two eight pin adapters that uh, plug into your PSU. So, anyways, long story short, it's a way cleaner install that has very little bend and is a lot more secure than that stupid adapter that it came with. But it looks a lot nicer. Nice. But uh, let's see, what have I thrown at it? Um, fired backup Cyberpunk. Um, does run on Psycho settings with a 4090. Go fig, right? Um, doesn't run much faster than 40 FPS without DLSS. Um, if you do the DLSS 3 option um, on quality mode, um, it runs anywhere from 130 to 150 FPS with imperceptible difference between that and native 4K. I just cannot quite tell a difference unless my eyeballs are directly on the screen. And that's on a 65-inch display. So, like, I'm running it through my TV, and I just cannot see the difference unless I get my eyeballs on the screen. So, to me, it's just going to stay on DLSS, which is crazy that even that card still runs at, you know, 40 to 60 FPS without DLSS. Well, yeah, but you think about... um that world in cyberpunk the amount of procedural generation yada yada and then just how unoptimized it is still i mean they've come a long way but it's still nowhere near as optimized as like the witcher 3 was you know several months after its release um i think the the way they built the map in the world, just um, there, there's so much going on in it that I don't think uh, think it will ever run that well without the LSS. Yeah, it's come a long way, though, because I know I was testing it with a 3080 in anticipation of you getting one. And when I was playing with it on the 3080, I was able to get ultra settings on 1080p and then high settings with like medium ray tracing at like 1440 um, and still hit like an 80 FPS with it. So like it's that was better than when I played it originally. And then there's all been a whole bunch of stuff that been added to it. So I just kind of started. I still haven't gotten to the the part where I don't have Jackie anymore. But it's been a very smooth experience playing that game. Like to the point that I'm sitting here thinking, man, this is kind of ridiculous, but it's not the only game I tried out. I tried out, uh, I'm still working my way through Witcher three. That's a long game, you know? And I fired that up this weekend. Just see, I did like two quests, just playing around with it. And it feels like DLSS 3 isn't quite implemented correctly. So what it does is it's a it's kind of like it inserts a frame every few frames to speed up the overall. So it's DLSS 3 is frame generation. So it basically lowers your native FPS and it inserts a frame in there. So if it was if it's generating 60 frames natively, now it's generating 90 frames. It's essentially how I understand it. It's a little bit herky-jerky on um, Witcher 3, so if I just pull off the frame generation and just run it, it seems to actually run smoother, even though it's doing less frames. And then I read somewhere that when you run it faster than 60 FPS, that it um, looks weird. And so I tried limiting it to 60 FPS and playing it, and then it was like smooth as butter. 
So I think there might be some truth to that. Um, nice. So the uh, overall, like it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, we are having a little bit of a difficulty, so we're going to be right back. We're back after that kerfuffle. Woo-hoo. Sorry, uh, Jason sounded like he's yelling at you through the drive-thru window. Um, <laughs> no other way to do it than just be like, record scratch, let's get this done. Yeah. Well, it's also one of those things for whatever reason. Um, Discord and my Yeti mic have not been playing nice for the last couple months. I'm not sure why. Yeah, it's just like sometimes it's crystal clear and other times I'm just like, what's going on here? But anywho, was talking about games and things that we've been playing lately or things have been doing a stress test cards. Um, did you stress test anything other than Cyberpunk this weekend? I got a little bit of that. Got a little bit of uh, um, Jedi Fallen Order and surprisingly running that over 100 frames per second. Uh, yeah, I think I'm an idiot that played that on Xbox. I don't know that I played it on PC, to be honest with you. Um, which probably runs a lot smoother, because initially on console, that game was pretty rough. Uh, but the, what, yeah. two comes out in like three weeks or something, right? Yep. That's uh, it's exciting, actually. More new game. Well, the... Uh, Talking about pushing cards, I did Witcher, like I was saying, runs pretty good. If you limit it at 60, it seems to remove all jerkiness whatsoever. Um, Supposedly the game engine wasn't meant to run over 60 frames per second, so I think that's a lot of what the issue has been with me playing Witcher and it like yo-yoing all over the place frame-wise. Because again, as soon as I limited it, it just ran like butter. Um Looks really good in 4K with all the pretties turned on. Um, not quite cyberpunk level, but looks good. I also played um, Last of Us, and I feel like I'm playing a different game than everybody else. Again, I started playing it on the 3080 this week. Um, Green Man Gaming had a sale. Like, if you're a member or whatever, you could get the full game for, like, 50 bucks. So, of course, I picked it up. And... Shaders took about 20 minutes to load, and then away I went and started playing the game. And I woke up the next morning, and I'm like, I wonder I wonder how people are taking the game. So far, it seems pretty neat. And I look in, there's like 7,000 mostly negative reviews of The Last of Us. It's like, what the hell's going on? And then PC Gamer has a story they're running from a – they pulled a post from a Reddit thread of pe- Joel looking like he came up off of like PS1 era graphics. Like, what is going on here? Of course, I post in there, you know, because I post on a lot of this stuff saying, like, I don't know what game everybody else is playing, but that's not the same experience that I'm having. And I know there's probably some kind of issue because it's uh, somebody got that setting to come out of playing that game. Um, I'm a, From what I can see that a lot of gamers are having an issue where the shaders are taking upwards of one to two hours to load the first time. And, you know, PCs are a lot different than a PS5 or a PS4, right? Like, the the hardware varies quite a bit. And from what I can tell, if you have a lower-end CPU or 
very limited amount of RAM or just barely the minimum spec of RAM, it maxes that stuff out um, before it pushes everything through shader-wise. And I believe a lot of people were playing the game without letting the shaders load, which you can totally do, um, which I did not. But, you know, initially when I started loading the shaders, like, shit, I don't have enough time to mess with this. I got to get back to work. So I was on lunch and I was like, maybe I can play through the intro during lunch, right? And started loading it and it's like, yeah, I'm not going to mess with this. And so I, you know, loaded it up later and then I wanted to see like what it was doing or how it was pegging my system. And it was pegging my CPU pretty high. So I was sitting at about 90% CPU usage and about 27 or 28 gigs of RAM out of my 32 um, while it was loading shaders. So I imagine if you have, you know, a lower end CPU. 16 gigs of RAM and like maybe a 1080 or something like that. Like this game probably took a while to load on your on your machine, um, which could contribute to me thinking that everything was broke, right? And the, the other thing is, is because it takes two hours, it puts you past the period where you can refund it uh, because it'll show two hours played on, <laughs> on your game on your game in Steam, which is why I think a lot of people were pissed. Um, but yeah. Um, still a lot of mixed. Well, mo- the the RAM makes a makes a big difference if you don't have at least sixteen gigabits of RAM, um, and you don't have a vi- the the shader loading a video card with less than eight gigabits of RAM is probably going to give you a lot of trouble with that game. I imagine so, but I mean, just looking at my task manager usage, I was like, man, that's pegging me pretty hard, and I've got a pretty decent system. This is prior to me using the 4090, right? So I tried it with the 4090 and it took, you know, it's a new card, so it's got to rebuild the shaders, right? And the 4090, it took about 12 minutes um, to load the shaders to get me into the game. So now the screenshots, and I can post them in our group later, I was going to do it today, and I just forgot. Like, there's an uncanny valley with the level of detail that's in that game. That game was always a pretty good-looking game, even in the PS3 era. It was a pretty good-looking game. And then playing it at 4K, um, I have not had any bugs so far. Again, edge case, right? I don't mean to be an edgelord. It's just I'm a PC gaming enthusiast, and I have good hardware, right? But... I realize, again, this isn't the same experience for everybody, but when it is running, um, in my case, 100% of the time I've done it, (laughs) I just keep saying that because I know somebody's going to be crying about this. Um, It looks really good. Incredibly good. Not just the cinematics. The the lighting effects, I showed you a little bit while you were over here Friday. Um the environment, like everything looks really good. Um, I'm a really big fan of The Last of Us, the original one. I'm not a big fan of two. I think I've said so as myself. Two is a big disappointment for me because I like Joel. Um, me and Joel identify together, right? Um, pretty hard, like super hard. So um, anyways, long story short, the game like crosses an uncanny valley and once it hits cinematics, like the cinematics in this game, it just it's like it just you're getting a little bit closer to the characters. And I can tell they're 
you know, it's ran in engine, but it's pre-rendered, so it's a little bit better than the gameplay, but it's not a lot better than the gameplay. And it's really good. Like these are print you could print one of these out and put it on your wall. It looks so great. Like it's some of the stuff I've done with the photo mode, like looks like pictures that I might have taken. Like it's it's uncanny. Um and there's not even ray tracing in this game. It's just whatever lighting engine they use for the for Naughty Dog games, you know. So it's uh oh, well, yeah, that was the same engine used in the last uh, Uncharted. Yeah, and then Uncharted, Uncharted games. and it was beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 not Unreal. It's uh, whatever Naughty Dog is. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it looks really really great. I, I've been super impressed with it. Um, that game's just good. I wish games were that good. I was talking with Trent yesterday. I was like, you know, the only games that are out right now that I really want to play are remakes. And that kind of sucks for this year. Like Resident Evil 4 just came out. I haven't had enough time. I've spent so much money lately. Like buying the 4090 set me back pretty a pretty penny. And uh, buying Last of Us on top of that, I'm just like, I don't want to spend a dime for like a month right now. Um. So I'm not really going to pick up four for a minute. I'm going to wait till I get through the shit that I got going right now. But I don't know, man. It's like, what are the games that I'm really playing right now? Witcher, Last of Us, Cyberpunk, right? All remakes are old games. What's out this year that's like the next new hotness? I don't know. Like, I'm going to be playing EverQuest 2 soon, um, which that's a new game. Um, I talked a little bit about Ixion last week. Like, that's a new game, but it's like they're a new game that's at a level of like a Witcher or a Last of Us or, you know, a Metal Gear or anything like that right now. It doesn't feel like there's anything out right now that's at that level of quality. And I'm looking through everything that I've got on my recently, you know, slash played with Steam right now. There's just nothing out like that that's at that level. I think... uh I played a little bit of Terra. Oh, go ahead. Jedi Survivor could be pretty close. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that comes out in like two or three weeks. We'll have to we'll talk about that news. But yeah, like there's a. So I bought Tainted Grail the the Rogue Light a couple years ago, and since I bought it in early ac- access, their sequel to that game. It was supposed to be two games that were both like top down RPGs, and then they changed the direction of the second game to be a first person fantasy RPG kind of like Skyrim and they've got it in early access and I got it for free because it was part of the original game if you bought the other one way back when and it was an early access. I've played like 30 minutes of that demo. It seems all right. It seems pretty rough so far. I guess we'll see where that game goes as it gets developed, but I kind of you know have it in that period where it's like okay, this is super early access. I don't know if this is the place that I want to put a lot of time investment in this. I played a uh, Terra Nil and I like that game pretty good, but it's more of a puzzle game than I realized. So me and Rusty were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Terra Nil's this like environmental game where you're terraforming a planet to like bring life back to it. And what it really means is that you start off with a blank slate and there are certain mechanics for this particular environment where so essentially the first thing you'll do is um, you'll place a windmill down on a rock and attach the windmill as something that um, takes the soil and puts nutrients in the soil. 
And then you take something and water the said soil. Um, and then after you water the soil, then plants grow. And then you take some kind of solar thing and you burn the soil to give ash. And then on certain spots, now I can grow trees. And now I grow a forest. Um, so anyways, um, it's, it's not bad. It's not great. And I don't know how much life I'm going to get out of it. Maybe Rusty's having a different experience. I've seen him playing it too. I'll have him talk about it, but I'm not having the experience that I want to have right now. Yeah. I mean, I can feel you on that. There's. I guess my problem is now, granted, there's been a lot of us have asked for, you know, a lot of these games to be remade. I feel like this group has has kind of hoped for games that really could be told in a better way cinematically now than they were back when they were first done, uh, such as Final Fantasy VII, right? Right. Um, uh, you know, larger game, larger games like The Witcher. Witcher right now, the original Witcher could could stand a uh, almost complete rebuild in the in three's engine and and at least you wouldn't feel so jarring going from one to two to three right right uh, like if you want to play through chronologically one is super rough nowadays yeah yeah um you know things like that i but a lot of the games that are being remade now uh feels like they're doing it just to pile onto the remake train and that that feels so Hollywood and I hate the fact that it feels like the industry is going Hollywood right on because um, you know we've not really had that before I don't know just kind of frustrating it's more frustrating. The only thing we're getting right now is remakes. And I think a lot of that has to do with COVID, right? Like throwing a wrench in the machine and remote work in some respects um, didn't work out for all companies the same way that it like worked for me or for you, you know? Yep. Um, exactly. Speaking Mom, of like, when you've been, when you've been gaming as long as we have, you know, there's a, there's a lot of these older titles. We're perfectly fine with the older title the way it is. Well, growing up, there wasn't really such a thing as a game remake for the most part, you know? Like, it's really just been a thing recently. And yep. it's kind of frustrating because I want to play something new, right? Some of these, it's it's great to see something pretty, but I'm... I want to see something new. So, for example, right, like the System Shock demo dropped, and I didn't know about it, but then I found about it because I was looking for games coming out this year, right? I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that out. And it basically looks like an old game with a new coat of paint. Like, it really is – it almost looks like they're using really clean-looking sprites for that game, but it definitely feels like an older game. So, I mean – Realistically, I mean that game came out. Us years coming ago. up, the closest, 
the closest thing we really had to a remake early on was uh, back in 2004 when they um, uh, remade uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid um, for the for the GameCube and released Twin Snakes. Um, and that was on the same engine as I think uh, Sons of Liberty was. Right. But, I mean, those type of things were very few and far between. Well, it's just, it's a weird time to be alive in the world of video games because, again, there's, there is the originality and the new ideas and a lot of the fun has been mostly indie for me. Like literally looking for something that's just a good AAA game, right? Um, so it's, it's, I don't know. It's just like, I don't want to see another sequel. I don't want to see like, those are good mixed in with everything else. I just want to see a continuation of good ideas or good games coming out. Right. Not really jonesing for another Far Cry or another Assassin's Creed right now. I'm not really jonesing for a Red Dead or a Grand Theft Auto, right? Yeah. I'm just um, jonesing for... Darkest Dungeon 2 gets its full release in May. I played that to completion about 15 times about three months after it released, and I haven't touched it since. Um, it came out during COVID, so I don't remember what the context was, but it might have been last year, actually. Your wife came over to help me clean, and I paid her some money to, like, deep clean my house. Oh, it was actually during COVID when I was refinancing my house. So this was, this was like, 2020. Yeah. Was it 2020? No, it might have been. It doesn't matter. It's been a while. Anyways. Um... I was getting my house clean before I got it, you know, appraised. So I had your wife come over and clean. And your wife, you know, is like super detail oriented or whatever. And, you know, she's doing a really good job. She's like deep cleaning my whole like living room. I'm chatting with her. And the whole time I'm chatting with her, I'm like playing Darkest Dungeon because I play in the living room. So that's mostly where she's cleaning is like the kitchen, living room, and I've got a really open house. So I'm just chatting with her while I'm just like almost like background playing this game. Kind of like when you're like working spreadsheets and listening to a CD or listening to Spotify or whatever. Like that's how I was playing that game, like very low brain power playing it and just making whatever decision was the first decision to come to my head while I kept conversation with your wife till the wee hours of the morning. But I finished my first run on like the second or third time I played that while your wife was over here cleaning it, you know, and it took me about three hours. I was like, wait, I just finished a run of Darkest Dungeon. When does that happen? And then kind of tested that theory, kind of go with my gut instinct on everything and try it again. Lo and behold, I beat it again. And then I beat it again. And I was like, well, this game's going to have a lot more to offer. And I did that for about three weeks. And I was like, all right, I stopped playing Darkest Dungeon 2. It's a pretty good game. Maybe this is just clicking with me in a way that the other one didn't. But I'm better at this one than I am at the last one. Like, full disclosure, never beat Darkest Dungeon 1. That game's hard as nails. Um, it was also still early access when you played it back, back no, at played, the end of 2021. Oh, Darkest Dungeon 2 was, but Darkest Dungeon 1 was not, 
Oh yeah, no. Yeah, one I've played. Um, I played it in early access back when I did that a lot more often. But I played. I'd get pretty far in that, and then just I'd get stuck in a failure state that I couldn't recover from, where it'd take me two hour too many hours to get people leveled up to a place where they could be competent at the higher level dungeons. And so, you know, that game was like a strong, you know, four out of five gameplay wise and a really strong four and a half out of five with presentation, which is why I kept playing it, even though there are some mechanics in it that I didn't like a lot. So anyways, long story short, I like the mechanics in two better than one. And I feel like it knows that it doesn't need to be a 32 hour run. I think that's the thing. The game's designed around a shorter run. Right, so that you unlock more shit quicker, and I'm, who knows what the tuning is at this point because it's been you know over a year since the last time I played it. Right, but if it's anything is like it was last time I played it, like that game's really solid. I think it's coming out on Epic Game Store first, and then there's the full release now on Steam. Maybe it was just early access that was Epic exclusive. You can always just, you know, search the store. That's what I'm doing. Um, yeah, uh, May 8th for Steam, too. So. Sweet. Yeah, I, I have the early access version on Epic, and I 100% aim to play that as soon as it comes out. Um, That's a masterclass indie game. Uh, Last Spell is also really good. I just haven't been in the mood for that style of game. I've been... Quite honestly, jonesing for something that looks really good, which hence that's why I'm playing the games that I'm playing right now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, did you get any further with Madden? No, I've not hardly played anything at all this week. I literally just uh, um, today loaded up some Cyberpunk, some Jedi Survivor, and some Control. Oh, you should finish Control. Or Fallen Order, I mean. You haven't finished? Oh, yeah, I, I'm almost there. It's just kind of a... That game is so good, but also in parts, it's so... investigative that if I'm not in the right mindset, it has a hard time keeping my attention. Yeah, you got to pay attention. Like you, it's not yeah. a it's not a game to play while you do something else. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I've just not had a whole lot of that time. So, um, uh, like I said, all this week was all the kids' sports really starting up, and everybody trying to find their groove, etc. So. Uh, not, not a whole lot this week. Hopefully, uh, um, this next week I get to bust out, bust out control and I'll also be, uh, busting out the new PGA tour probably because I know there'll be a couple days where I just come home completely brain dead and I'm like, I'm going to turn my brain off. Yeah. I feel you there. Like smack, I'm, smack some digital golf balls. I haven't fully decided what I was going to try to finish between this week and next, but I don't know that I'm going to fully finish anything. Like 
I got into playing Diablo 2 um, real hard this this last week because that's what I had time for. And I rolled a sorceress instead of an acromancer. Big mistake there. Um, and got like steamrolled through everything until I got to the second chapter boss. And that guy casts slow on me and then just fucking wrecks my day as my sorceress. And I need to respec her and give her some free spells so she can do the exact same and escape or give her a teleport spell. Haven't really had to use any of those lately, so that hasn't been a big priority for me. Um, but yeah, every time I get to that boss, I just get stomped. And that game looks really good. It still plays like an old ARPG, though, and the fact that you have to... So by default, you know, you basically have one ability mapped to your right mouse button, right? So left mouse button is basic attack, right mouse button is whatever ability you bind it. And then if you bind extra abilities, by default, they go to F1 through F8, which is fucking weird for <laughs> for an ARPG, you know? Um, but that's how it was 20 years ago when that game was out. And so I redid all the bindings and I have all of my heal potions instead of one through four. They're now on F1 through F4, which is kind of a weird and awkward place to put it because my hands aren't used to being all the way up there. And then I bound my abilities to one through eight. And then I, you know, it'll let you mouse wheel through the different abilities, but it's still like kind of a chore sometimes when you're in the middle of shit to mouse wheel through that. Or you can do what I do sometimes, which is map one ability to the left, because I never use the auto attack button with a sorceress, right? Like you're not going to get up in front of somebody's face and like hit them with your scepter. So every ability I have just blasts through mana potions like crazy, and I have none of the good abilities that help me with, you know, mana management or any of that shit. So I'm probably spec wrong. I just went pure electricity with that gal, and I uh, almost feel like I need to do something different. But anywho, then and then I got a 4090, and I was like, I don't really want to play Diablo 2 on the 4090. I want to play something that drives my 4090. So we shall see what happens next week. Currently, the bug that spiked me is Cyberpunk and Last of Us. So, and everybody that's played, you know, listened to this show for the most part has played and beat both those games. So, I can assure you the experience is not much different than maybe what you did last time, except I'm on better hardware now. Nice. Um, that being said, do you want to take a quick break? Yeah, sounds good. All right, we'll be back. back woo we uh we're coming through the interwebs to find the news that is important to you um we did find a little bit of news though um a lot of what's been causing the lack of news is because again this is a really weird year for releases earlier in the year a lot of people were pulling out of the e3 conference right you had nintendo and he had Xbox and PlayStation or Sony all getting out of E3 earlier this year. And E3 was like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and continue. And then Ubisoft announced just a few days ago they weren't going to be there. And then they pulled the plug. Um, 
Which is weird because I don't did there was one E three that got canceled. It was was twenty twenty E three got canceled. Is that right? Yes. So I think that was the last time it got canceled, but it's also been a weird like at one point I wanted to go to E three, right? And it's just exclusive AAA bullshit in my mind. <laughs> like it, it doesn't usually give you much more than you knew before. There's usually a couple of reveals on things that are kind of neat. And other than that, it's not about demos. It's just about essentially IGN going in and interviewing a bunch of people that are in the industry. And then they call it a day and they have a whole bunch of stuff that's set at a stage. And then, you know, the plebs like us just watch it from home. So to me, it's never – especially lately, never made a lot of sense. Um, Jeff Keighley um, also is still doing Summer Game Fest on June 8th, which is a streaming event that he's been doing the last couple of years. Um, And then PC Gamer does like a PC game show as well in mid-June. So I think there's a couple of different places to find information, but with having like four fairly, fairly, four of the flagship developers not being there like kind of means that it, because it's never been a place for indie games you know like indie games no, the indie in. developers have packs yeah that's where they get their ch- chance to shine most of the time but yeah the organizers were saying they didn't feel like there was enough interest in it this year so they were just going to go ahead and cancel it which i'm not crying too hard but it is a weird time to be alive yeah well you know and and we knew this was coming. E3's been shrinking, shrinking uh, since the pandemic started. And most of it is, you know, uh, one, companies just not really having a whole lot to talk about because, let's face it, the pandemic put a big damper on on a lot of development all across the industry. Yeah, I would say it pushed um, a lot of people back at least a year slowed it down a huge chunk and you know some companies fell behind a year and a half almost you know right um and it's really hard to spin that back up again and get back to the pace you were on before um and then you also have the uh you know, what's going on with the economy right now, especially with, within the tech space, you have a lot of companies scrambling to basically re-strategize how they're going to invest their marketing money. Right. Um, and it's just, it makes a lot more financial shit sense for for these companies to focus on on streaming and you know, online video and and that sort of thing versus these big, large v- booths at um, at the larger trade show like E3 um, that does maybe doing a smaller booth at PAX or, or something else. Because E3 costs these companies a lot of money to participate in. Right. It's, it's not a, like... It's a huge marketing event for the bigger developers. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like uh, a lot of times the a lot of the indie developers were there at E3 on behest of the bigger publishers like Xbox, like PlayStation, like EA, like Activision. Um, you know, so it it's just one of those things. It just 
doesn't make much more sense. And we're still going to hear the same sort of news out of uh, whatever digital event um, Microsoft does. And I know they'll have a stage out in out in San Francisco, out in San Francisco, um, near where E three would have happened. Um, uh, Sony's going to do their event, and you can you can bet uh, the big game studios will have a presence presence at the summer summer games fest or whatever Jeff's event's called. Um, you know, so I just think. Uh, I would be surprised if if big trade show like E three even ever happens again. I I have a feeling it's going to be more like the bigger companies continue to do their own thing, and um, uh, and then there's packs and the other smaller uh, uh, s- streaming events like Summer's Game Fest that's going to be there for the smaller publishers. Well, and the thing is, is that um there's a difference in how we consume media. Like E3 is a product of the nineties, right? When we would watch a TV show or we'd read about the releases in a magazine. And then in the two thousands, they started to stream some of it after the fact, or you'd watch it on like G4 TV back when that was a thing. And then in the last 10 years, streaming technology has just exploded, right? Like streaming was barely a thing when we started this podcast. Like I was, we started this podcast like I was still getting DVDs of Netflix. So like streaming's come a long way in 10 years. And so everybody watches shit on Twitch or watches shit stream on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Right. And there's really low cost to entry to get something ready to stream to the public. You know what I mean? It doesn't take a whole lot of technology to do that and you can get a live stream of what's going on at a trade show like PAX or something like that pretty easily um so like i don't know it doesn't make sense to have an exclusive show for a small amount of games that are coming out that i don't know i just it doesn't feel like the environment's right yep. i think these streaming game shows are places where you can play demos or having a portal to steam to play demos from developers as it comes up, and then you just look at and curate what you're interested in makes a whole lot more sense. And I think Keeley is right in doing a streaming game show. Um, so, you know, there's that. And then also we've got, uh, as most of you will know by the time this comes out, The Last of Us Part 1 uh, released to PC with with a myriad of bugs that Justin already talked about. Um, and Naughty Dog's already released one hotfix. They announced uh, uh, yesterday or earlier today that there will be a, a new hotfix that releases tomorrow with a much larger patch uh, coming later in, in the week to address some of the some of the equipment optimization issues. Yeah, the uh, I know the show's not exactly the same as the game, and a lot it is not exactly the same as the game. Um, I was noticing a lot just while playing it, right? Like, the way that Tess dies in the show is pretty different to how it happens in the game. The amount of combat in the game is 
significantly more than there is in the show. The show really focuses on the story between Joe and Ellie. And the game, I think, through the tutorial area, I killed more clickers than they did in the entire show. <laughs> so, like, it's it does feel quite a bit different in some aspects, right? I do think Nick Offerman was the right person to play Bill. Um, after oh, yeah. watching that part portion of the show again and seeing Bill and then remembering Nick Offerman, I was like, you really captured the spirit of Bill pretty, pretty hardcore. But the whole area leading up to where they encounter Bill, um, this feels a lot different in the game for sure. Um, the game just feels so much more tense than the show ever captured. The show's pretty good, but the game, just now that I'm playing it, right? Like the game is definitely, uh, I don't know. It's, it's great. I, I understand there's bugs. I'm sorry that some of you guys are playing on older rigs or playing before the shaders load. So we'll see. Hopefully they fix it for you guys. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like an elitist, but it is kind of annoying sometimes. You can kind of wonder, like, what's your spec when you see somebody running something that runs like shit? Like, they're probably pissed because you're on a mid-tier system. But also, again, like I said, with PC builds being wild, wildly different, they do need to consider, like, oh, you have this card and this chipset. Maybe this is a setting you need to do. You know what I mean? Like, even if it was it, by family. It upgraded like, plebs. Yeah. <laughs> um, that sounds horrible. I don't really mean that. You know, there, there, and there are always going to be struggles, right? Like, um, The Last of Us was not originally in any way developed for pc and the amounts of hardware that goes into that and that's gonna that's gonna take some time for him to address i mean it's not naughty dog's first rodeo to pc but at the same time um you know you're moving a game that you never even in thought to intend uh uh people playing on pc uh and porting it now. So, uh, you know, there's always growing pains with that. Yeah. And the originally the reason I picked it up is just looking at the remakes coming out. There's resident evil four, which was one of my favorites back in the day, though resident evil doesn't do the same thing for me as it used to. And there's last of us, which I honestly haven't played in the greater, greater part of a decade. So I wanted to play last of us more. And I wanted to play resident evil four. If you're looking for a highly optimized remake, Resident Evil 4 seems to be it. That seems to be pretty optimized. Zero complaints. It's overwhelmingly positive right now on Steam. But um, yeah, I mean, you you look at um, uh, for example, for uh, uh, at the Steam hardware survey the. The vast majority of gamers are still in like 1660, you know, 10 series cards. Uh, just now, the 3060 being the most available of all of the 30 series GPUs is topping the, topping the chart this month at 10%. And that's up from 3% in January. Oh, that's a so pretty it's big just jump. just now that they've been readily available. 
Well, um, the 3060 is a pretty solid mid-tier card. I know it's a 30 series card, but like, I think you can get it for like 399 right now. Yeah, unless you're getting like the 12 gig version, yeah. Which it'll run pretty much every. It'll do. It's it'll do ray tracing in 1080. So like it's it's a pretty decent mid card. I feel like a 3060 at this point is like a better 2070 or something like that. I still don't think it quite ranks with like a 2080 Ti because it doesn't have the same amount of RAM. It just has the ray tracing feature. But pretty sure it can play most games right now. Um, speaking of, we played Diablo, or I played Diablo last week. It's the biggest beta that um, Blizzard has ever seen. Um, in three days, they had 62 million hours played. Damn. Um, let's see. It doesn't give a total player count. But yeah, they said it's their biggest release ever. Total hours played, 61,560,437 hours. I played two of those. So I'd imagine several million people played it. <laughs> Let's just say, you know, even if there was like 6 million people, that's quite a few people playing that game. It comes out on June 6. Um, seemed pretty neat. Like, i probably going to buy it. It's it's more Diablo, and it seems like it's good Diablo. And it has a skill tree. Um, I know John from Picking Up the Pixels also played it too, and he's like, hey, there was a skill tree with Diablo. It's like, I did not realize there'd be a skill tree. That's pretty neat. I was like, yeah, it's so much better than three. Um, oh yeah, I mean, but you no. Know, of the Diablo titles, three's not a high bar. Yeah, it's true. It's it's the it's the the one that I think is the least highly regarded. Played a lot of it. I think it was great for co-op, but like you know, you had very little skills in that game. And what I mean by that, not player skills, but like total skills you could pick from for each class. Like it just there's not a lot of options. Um. Right now, Sony's PS2 VR2 headset is underperforming. So right now, it's expected to shift about 270,000 units by the end of last month, which is not a lot. Um, I think part of it is just the cost. But they were hoping to sell 1.5 million units by the end of March. Um, so I think part of it is just the cost. I think there's some decent games that are on it. But I think the hardest sell for console VR is that there's no modability. So, for example, you know, the only thing you're, you know, not Beat Saber is not the only thing people are going to play. But it is one of those games where you can add like 300 more songs to that game with mods. And when you play like the PS PlayStation version of that, you're going to get like 30 songs and that's it. Like there's nothing else. So like that modability that happens in VR space just doesn't happen on a console VR rig from all from all reports it seems like it's got great resolution great performance etc it's just I think the the limitations of not having access to the other software that you have on PC makes it a harder sell and I could and then $500 on a VR um, rig right now with the environment that we're in I think with most people $500 is a lot to throw down so not everybody is in a place 
a lot of people that started over financially with COVID. So like there's we're still in a pretty rough spot for people to spend lots of money. Uh, it's only going to be whales like myself or other folks like myself that are single and have an adult paycheck <laughs> that can afford stupid shit like that. And that's right. definitely not everybody. Um, what else did you have? Uh, the only other thing I had, uh, this is news that came out of Australia a couple of days ago. Um, uh, basically, it was hinted at by regulators over there um, that Australia is looking to introduce harsher age ratings for games with loot boxes. So think of FIFA, think of NBA 2K, basically think of EA, EA games or stuff like Fortnite, etc. And uh, help parents. Um, like maybe they should just have a, a something that helps you turn off loot boxes as a parent. Yeah. Not that I'm pro loot box, well, but what, it feels weird. What they're looking at doing is basically slapping an M rating on games with paid loot boxes. Uh, and a minimum of R18 plus rating for games containing simulated gambling. That's weird. Uh, so basically, and this may be, I mean, there are a bunch of governments looking at, at stuff like this, right? But, um, basically Australia has a, uh, has had for years a large issue with gambling. I, I looked up some stuff and basically, uh, 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 a study a few years ago, I don't remember the exact year, but it was pre pandemic. Um, it, it was in the late teens, uh, showed that, uh, more than 80% of adults in Australia, uh, gamble. That's crazy. In some form or another. That's really crazy. Um, and with um, with more than forty percent of those having serious financial issues because of gambling. So they've got a big problem over there. So I can see why their government's wanting to do it. I'm not necessarily against it. I do think there needs to be some regu regulation as to uh um how paid content is uh is promoted and how easy it is to uh to purchase within game stores. Um granted some of that could be uh should be regulated closer by parents, but if uh the last 10 years has proved anything to us. It's that uh, parents don't really watch what their kids are doing and get surprised with, you know, thousand dollar bills and whatnot. That's fair. Um, so, you know, I can understand the thinking of behind it. It's not necessarily a good thing that has to happen, but, um, you know, if, if Australia does this and, Albania actually recently did something extremely similar, then, you know, we could see more governments jumping onto the bandwagon to do the same thing. 
Well, in a world of sequels and delays, Arc 2 um, is going to be delayed until the end of 2024. Um, looking at the Discord as you've been talking, it looks a lot like this is in response to not being real experienced with Unreal 5 and trying to find ways to cross-mod between platforms. Um, and also with dealing with a lot of um, dynamic lighting and things like that to see how it works between platforms. It's still slated to release on Game Pass and on Steam when it does launch at the end of next year. Um, but it looks like it's been postponed for a while, I think. I'm not crying too hard about it because that game's really hard to play single player. And that's I play it single player or just with Rusty. So I guess we'll just see what happens with that game as it comes out. We've got a while before we get more arc. And I hope that they tune it better for a low player count experience so that it's fun if you don't have 30 people or want to know life that game. Yeah, true. Um, well, I think uh, talking of newer games coming up, uh, Everspace 2 release it goes full release on April 6th for PC. Um, we've got... <clears throat> Sorry, scrolling scrolling down here. Um, there you go. Ah, Dead Island 2 releases on all platforms uh, coming April 21st. Star Wars Jedi Survivor on next-gen consoles and PC on April 28th. Um, you have... Uh, Redfall coming to PC and Xbox Series consoles on May 2nd. Which, what, uh, what is that? Redfall. Oh, May 2nd, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then on PC, like I said earlier, Darkest Dungeon 2 gets its full release on May 8th out of early access. Uh, the System Shock remake currently is still scheduled for May 30th, uh, though there's a lot of time between now and then for it to get delayed again, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and then in June, you have Diablo 4 getting its release to everything except for Nintendo on June 6th, and Aliens Dark Descent on June 20th. And Final Fantasy 16 on June 22nd to the PS5 only. Right on. And otherwise, everything else. It, the way things go nowadays, I'm hesitant to go over any other new releases after June because uh, <laughs> that could change in three weeks. <laughs> Right, that's been our experience so far. Nothing's for certain until it's a thing. Yep. Well, I think this week's a short episode. We want to touch base with you all. Um, we will be back here next week, and we have no idea what next week will be like, but I'm sure it'll be fun. So, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash TheRealTiltCast and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find friends of the show. You've got um, 
For the Love of Gaming, you've got Picking Up the Pixels or Pupcast. You've got NoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.tv. They also play RPGs. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.